Hello, this is Andrew Gomison from the Speaking for Him podcast. I just wanted to make some editorial comments about today's episode. This review of Ordinary Angels that you are about to hear, I actually recorded last summer because I was given the privilege of seeing this movie early through a screener link. I'm super blessed to be able to provide this review for you, but I just wanted to let you know that some of the things I say in the review are dated because this film was originally slated to come out October 13th of 2023, but was pushed to February 23rd, 2024, because of, in part, the New Eras Tour starring Taylor Swift getting a theatrical release. I really did enjoy this film, though, and I think that you will be blessed by this review. So without further ado, here is my review of Ordinary Angels. Thank you and enjoy. My name is Andrew Gomison, and this is the Speaking for Him podcast. I had the great privilege of getting an early screener copy of the film Ordinary Angels, and so I'm taking the opportunity right now to record my review of that film. This review will be coming out several weeks after I record it, so I'm just giving you that disclaimer. This film is based on a true story, and it stars, among others, Alan Richson, Hilary Swank, and Nancy Travis in the lead roles. I have to say that one of the things that leaps out the most about this movie is how well it is cast. As I was growing up, there were a lot of subpar Christian films that came out, and a lot has been made of Christians making excuses for the lack of quality of their films. And I'm so glad that in the last decade to almost 15 years now, we have seen such a dramatic upturn of Christian films, and Ordinary Angels certainly fits that bill. I'm excited to share with you more about this exciting story, but before I do that, let me share with you the trailer for this important film. My name is Sharon, and I'm an alcoholic for this splitting headache. My advice, find a reason to be here that's bigger than you want. I read about this family in the paper. I think this is it. And we have a situation. And we're all pretty for mommy. Well, maybe just a little off the cheeks. God is here with us right now. And we are here with you. Something about that little girl without a mom. Sick. And the family bled dry from all the hospital bills. I think I'm supposed to help. Hi, Sharon. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to come by and give you this. I just made dinner if you want to stay. I'd love to. What are you doing? I met this woman. She's a mess. Perfect. She'll fit right in. Four hundred thousand plus in medical bills. All three credit cards maxed out. Your income's only thirty six hundred a month. Yes, ma'am. That's not good, Ed. 
No, ma'am. I'm going to put together a press kit for a corporate donations, that kind of thing. Smile. Girls, help your daddy out. I've owned four small businesses. I'm good at plenty of things. Taking no for an answer ain't one of them. Daddy's in over his head. You're asking us to reduce the family's medical bills due to hardship. No, I'm asking you to erase them. All of them. Was that funny? Daddy! Oh, you want to go on an adventure? Michelle will need to fly 700 miles to the children's hospital. You're telling me we need a plane now? How exactly do you recommend we get a plane, Doc? I'll get you a plane, I promise. We are going to save this girl, you hear me? We're going to need a lot of shovels. This is our last chance. If we don't take it, Michelle dies. How did it become your responsibility to save her? Because I'm here. Because I can. So I didn't find a whole lot of information comparing the true story with the movie, but what I did find seems to be very accurate. So I'd like to think that this is a very well-done, accurate-to-the-story movie. They actually showed some news footage of the real people at the end and, of course, did some updates of the real people's lives, which lead me to believe that they were as faithful as they could be with the story. Obviously, they probably altered some timelines to fit it into a motion picture uh, because it was a substantial amount of time. But the general synopsis is that Sharon Stevens, who is an alcoholic struggling to find purpose in life after being divorced by her husband and estranged from her adult son, discovers that a lady in her town has died and that the lady's daughter who is five years old is struggling from a disease where she needs a liver transplant and the odds of finding a donor are not that great and then if you find a donor you have to have the funds and the means to get to a different hospital in order to make this transplant a reality Uh, So, according to this movie, she's from Kentucky and she has to fly to another state to get the transplant. And so, that is the crux of this movie, is first of all seeing that this father, Ed, has to struggle with his grief as well as financially. Sharon steps into the gap and learns to love the kids and she works with the family and for the family to help alleviate their stress. Um, So the premise is that she does everything she can to help this little girl get a liver, and she's able to, spoiler alert, and live a productive life because of the help of Sharon, but also because one of Sharon's strengths is making sure that other people know of a problem and are encouraged to help out. She's 
good at a lot of things, as she says. I think even in the trailer that you heard, um, which is a really good trait of hers. She says, I'm good at a lot of things, but I don't take no for an answer. And as you can probably tell from the quote, there's a lot of good one-liners that stick out from this movie. And I may refer to a few more, but I want to talk to you first about the quote of the day because it really resonated with me. The quote of the day is in a conversation between Sharon and Ed, um, who, by the way, the best part about this story is that Sharon and Ed are still friends. She's still a part of the family, and I'm pretty sure is still considered Aunt Sharon by the girls. But she says, life's about saying yes, Ed, and then figuring out how. This resonates with me a lot because when I was a teenager, my life was a lot of times about finding out how I could do something and then saying yes. But as I got into my 20s and on into my 30s, I realized that there was a greater power in saying yes and then figuring out how it was going to be done. Because the mindset was, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm determined. And because I'm determined, let's figure out how to make it happen. So I really liked that quote. And it definitely resonates in this story. So you see him have a really powerful, close relationship with his wife. His youngest daughter is born, and they joke about the name. Then the time flashes forward five years, and the funeral happens. As I said, it is at that point that Sharon decides to help the family, and she first goes to the funeral, meets them at the luncheon, and begins this process of helping them. So let me just break down some of this information for you. Uh, first of all, my general thoughts about this film, as I said earlier, it's a very well-done film. It's a very well-cast film. It's dramatic throughout. The pacing is good. I can tell you that I've watched it twice already, and I will probably avail myself of a third screening uh, before my screener access is over. It's that good. And so I'm coming at this from a reviewing perspective as someone that is extremely grateful uh, to be able to bring it to you. The positive aspects of this film are many. Uh, first of all, you have Ed and his mom working together to help to give his daughters the best life. And she stays with him throughout much of the film. And at some point, she has moved back home because she's going to drive to go home. But I noticed that only on the second watch, and I didn't realize when she had moved back to her own home. But she is really in there, uh, played really well by, by Nancy Travis. I've had a lot of respect for Nancy ever since I watched her in Last Man Standing. Uh, her husband was a bigwig at Hallmark, and so I feel like she is carrying on the legacy of decent programming. I don't know what her faith journey is, uh, but I, I hope that this story had an impact on her. And I know for the Irwin brothers and Kevin James um, 
and people at the production company, his kingdom story, they have a mission not only to reach people that they are making the film for, but also to reach people that they're making the film with. I think I mentioned um, in regards to Jesus Revolution that they've had at least one, maybe two or more people saved on the set, and they are just really excited that that kind of stuff has occurred. So I really do hope that this resonates with people. So the gentleman who played Ed, um, he actually played Jack Reacher in the recent Jack Reacher series. Now, that is not family viewing, so I was actually kind of surprised that he would say that he was excited to do a family, faith-based Christian movie, and that he thought that it was important to do more projects like that. I read an article where he claims to be a believer, and so that was encouraging to me, um, and I really hope that his faith was benefited from being a part of this production. So if I were to point out negatives about this film, I I think one of the things that I would have liked to see is more talking about Jesus by name. I've talked on this podcast about how there's a lot of people that claim to know God. Uh, there's a lot of people that kick the tires of faith. They know about Jesus, but knowing Jesus is what makes the difference. So I really appreciate it when a movie takes the tact of actually talking about the difference that Jesus makes. That being said, there's a lot in this movie about trusting God in the midst of struggles and not uh, giving up. There's one point where I think it's his mom who says, don't lose your faith over this. And so throughout this movie, you see Sharon being helped in her own struggles. She struggles with alcoholism, but she's helped in her own struggles by helping this family. And I think that's a good lesson to learn too. Uh, just this idea that when you help other people, your own problems are minimized and lessened. Not that they go away, though, because you realize throughout the movie that Sharon continues to struggle until she admits that she needs help. And that's when she can start having victory in this area of her life. But throughout the movie, she constantly persuades people to help them. And as I said earlier, she doesn't take no for an answer. So that's a really good thing to see in this film. I wanted to just talk about uh, some of the quotes that are in this film. I really feel like they are done well. And again, the writing is something that I couldn't have duplicated. I, again, you know, we talk about um, Christian films struggling on the writing front. I definitely felt like this one did not, and so I really appreciate that. In the early going of the film, 
one of the men at the AA meeting that she initially goes to plants the seed in her mind uh, by saying we all need to find meaning and purpose outside ourselves. And again, Sharon is someone who was dwelling on her own demons and her own difficulties until she found something else to fight for. And yes, Ed was somewhat right that she was using the daughter to feel good about herself, and she admitted that later, uh, but ultimately it helped her to deal with the situation. Another interesting thing that came up a few times in the movie is that whenever his daughter was struggling with her sickness, uh, he would ask Michelle, do you want to go on an adventure? And that kind of put her in a better frame of mind to deal with what she was dealing with. One interesting thing that sticks out to me in this film is that as he goes to pay his medical bill, they give him the full total, and he says he doesn't have insurance, so they try to get it off a credit card. And what I thought was interesting is there was no discussion of a payment plan whatsoever. And so I feel like realistically that would be a discuss a discussion that would take place. And then there was uh, another quote that was kind of funny when Sharon got excited. Uh, I believe it was to her friend Rose. She says, I couldn't love you more if you were smothered in gravy. And so I thought that was a really uh, fun, albeit a little bit cheesy line. So you see the chaos at home of the illness and the financial stress weighing on Ed. He doesn't want help. That's another problem that he has is being willing to accept help. And I think we can all relate to that. Um, And then there's a quote from his mom. When the Lord sends a woman to the door with an envelope full of cash, you invite her in. And this came as a result of Sharon coming to the house with $3,000 from her initial fundraiser, which was a hairathon that took place in her salon. And then uh, Sharon, uh, of course, says the iconic quote that I've already mentioned a few times in passing, and that is, I'm good at a lot of things. Taking no for an answer isn't one of them. So you can see that there's a lot of good make-you-think scenes in this movie. And I just really like that about it because those are the things that stick in your mind. So Ed, I think, learned some lessons throughout this movie about asking for help. He eventually does actually reach out to Sharon and call her, even though he somewhat uh, resents her involvement, especially when she recommends selling the house so they can have more money. Um, They read a book. Uh, that shows, shares the classic story of the starfish, which is basically about a boy walking along the shore, throwing starfish back in. And somebody says to him, you'll never save all the starfish. And he says, but I made a difference for this one. And so I, I think that's a really important point to think about when you think about this story, because sometimes when we see stories like this, we can say, well, they did all this to help this one girl, but what about the other hundreds that are dealing with this issue? And the reality is we can only help so many people at once. 
But the hope of getting a movie like this out is to show people that we need organ donors. We need other people to donate to help other people uh, to overcome their difficulties in this area. And so if we can share this story, then that can help. And then we see all of the different things that are done to help them prepare for the eventuality of a liver. We see Sharon continuing to raise money and to annoy people into helping her. So you really see her uh, showing her tenacity. We see her getting into AA for the right reasons. Uh, We see Ed going to the cemetery and actually praying and we see Ashley with her dad and kind of talking with her mom and kind of resolving that. Um, And then we see a blizzard come in and that's going to be like part of the climax of the movie because they need to get the little girl to her donor liver and they need to fly her uh, to, as I said, another state. Um, I believe it's Omaha, Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, and they have to get her there in six hours, but they first have to get out of blizzard-ridden Kentucky. So you see that happen. You see Ed almost give up. He goes to a phone booth uh, on the highway, and he calls the doctor, and he's about to give up, and then they say, we're getting you a helicopter to fly you out of here. You need to come to your church's parking lot um, to be ready. And so there's just a lot of really good scenes in here. And so I really appreciate that. I think uh, as far as negatives go, again, I know when you're telling a story, you're painting a picture, um, but it always bothers me a little bit when there is alcohol consumed in a film. Uh, But again, we're building a contrast between Sharon as she was before she found purpose and Sharon after she found purpose. And because you're telling the story and watching it unfold, even though it is a little bit of a negative, it turns into a positive. I, I think one of the negatives that I think of is just, as I said, not really seeing the hospital sit down with him and work out a plan for payment. Now I know it can be difficult and I, I'm pretty sure they tried to reflect a realistic situation, but in all seriousness, would you rather have some money or would you rather have a no money? And I really think that that could have been explained in a little more detail I think I would have liked to hear a little bit more about why the young man was estranged from his mom, this being Sharon's son. I know it wasn't the focus of the story, but it would have helped me a little bit more to know what was going on. 
I, I think one of the interesting things you see, because this is a true story, you see that some of the things that might have happened if it was a fictional construct did not happen. For instance, when I was watching it, part of me was wondering if he and Sharon were going to end up together as a couple uh, because they were growing in their relationship. Of course, that does not need to happen, and because it did not happen in real life, it didn't happen in the movie. But if you were writing a fictional movie, that's probably one thing that would have happened. Uh, but it was a very powerful movie, and I have to say, after coming on this podcast and being slightly annoyed by some of the casting choices, when I look at the real person versus the actor, I have to say they did a pretty good job casting Hillary Swank as Sharon. They look very similar, and as I said, Hillary Swank killed it. It's a small independent style faith-based role. So it probably will not be considered for the Oscars, but I feel like it was that kind of performance. What would I say is the biggest lesson that I find in this film? I think there's two big lessons. Number one, uh, we all struggle. We all have our difficulties, but if we put our focus on others, our difficulties melt away and we realize how good we have it. I think the other thing is, just as I said earlier, if you find something else to focus on, it will help you deal with the difficulties that you have. I think another lesson is that miracles come from unlikely places. I know that Ed did not want anything to do with Sharon at first, and then he realized how earnest she was and realized that he needed her help. It's such a fundamental thing to realize that you need help and to be okay with that. And so I hope, I think that we all can learn each of these lessons from this film. And I really hope that people will go out and watch it and give it box office dollars because we really need the theaters to know that this is the kind of stuff that we want to see. And I don't know at the, at the time of this recording, how long the writers strike, um, and actor strike is going to go on. But assuming that those two things are still active in the fall, this movie has a really good shot to make waves at the box office because at least as of this recording, Hollywood can't make any more movies at this point. So this is a pivotal time uh, in entertainment and I really hope that God does a huge work uh, with this little film and I really appreciate so much about it. I think that one of the things that is really neat is how Ed tells Sharon thank you and says that she's not a waste as she often thought about herself, but that she is in fact a miracle. And that's a pretty um, exciting thing. And that's a good uh, ego boost that was much needed because she was constantly 
second-guessing herself because of problems in her past. And I think of what the Apostle Paul said when he said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on toward the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to strive for that mark. Paul had every reason to give up. He was a murderer, having consented to Stephen's death. He was a persecutor of Christians. And yet when God saved him and did a 180 in his life, he used the same zeal he had used to persecute Christians to help them and to grow the church and to write the epistles that we love so much. So in the end, I think this is a very good film. You know, I took away a lot of lessons rather than just a couple. Um, and I think you will as well. As I said, it's good enough that I may even watch it a third time before my access to the screener uh, goes away. So you know that I really enjoyed it. I feel like the people that were cast really embodied their roles. Um, Rose, who was a co-worker of Sharon's in the salon, is played by the talented Thelma Thomas, and I really appreciated her work on the film as well. So all in all, I would give this five out of five stars, and I hope that you and your family will take some time this coming weekend to enjoy this film in the theaters and to let your dollars do the talking as far as what type of movies and films we want to see going forward. For speaking for him, this is Andrew Gomison saying, have a great day. And keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 